the popcorn boys and we're coming in hot i we oh no i blew my opening we are coming at you live from culver city california i can't believe i messed that up i'm kyle jameson with me is daniel trainer nice start you dumb idiot daniel today's date is march 25th 2001 wow we are headed back to march of 2001 to analyze the 2001 Academy Awards. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. I've never been more ready. I, I, I love being back in the pre-9-11 America. Everything felt more simpler, safer. The New England Patriots okay. have not yet won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than being pre-9-11. If I could go back and stop one thing, would it be 9-11 or would it be the Patriots reign or the National Football League? It would be the latter. Wow. And I don't care. I don't care who knows that. I told you we were coming in hot, everyone. So who's worse, Bill Belichick or Osama bin Laden? <laughs> hey. That's a debate that I would have. God, I love Belichick. What a legend. Five Super Bowls later, here we are. Five? Six? Five. Brady's you don't know? Six. I literally can't keep track. We win so many Super Bowls. <sighs> anyway, let's keep this let's keep this in the in the realm before people get well, mad at me for being a Patriots fan. Yeah, so let's talk more about 9/11 less about the Patriots. Exactly. So 2001, where were you on March 25th, 2001? Well, Kyle, I was in front of my television screen pretending not to be gay and love it. <laughs> okay. And uh wrapped with anticipation for the Academy Awards. Do you remember specifically watching this awards? It's funny, not really, but it's 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 weird because I vividly remember this maybe being the year that really got me into it, and I think that there are a host of reasons for that. I mean, I think I feel like you've said that for every year we've talked about. I have, and I will continue to I say it was that. Titanic that got you into the. Oh, it the was. Listen, I yeah, and last year I really got into it. Uh, no, but I, I yeah, that's that's fair. But I, I think I really got into it this year. I think maybe from a from a film fan perspective, like I really okay. remember watching a lot of these movies, owning a lot of these movies on DVD, um, which was sort of a new concept at the time ish, and uh, and really being enraptured w- with all of it. Uh, it. It's such a fun year. I mean, we're going back to 2001 because it was 20 years ago, and it's you know it, it, it's sort of fun to go back to sort of an anniversary like that. But I think ultimately. You can argue that this is one of the more fascinating years in Oscar history. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's so diverse in terms of the movies nominated. There are a lot of big stars nominated. And it's there's a lot of really good movies. It's a great Oscar year. And, and the year 2000... So if we're talking about the 2001 Oscars, it's, it's ultimately the year 2000 in movies. Exactly. And that... Y2K, baby. Oh, we survived. I mean, you... The, it's, do you remember New Year's Eve, Y2K? I, I do remember that. I do too. I like vividly remember it was just that. Like, is everything going? Is the power going to go and out? And I was like, so sad it wasn't everything. When I when we and what, literally nothing happened. It was just. And like, I was okay. so upset. I was ready to go. You were ready to go. Right? I was ready to go. Yeah. So uh, another thing we mentioned, the Patriots hadn't won any Super Bowls yet. Another thing that hadn't happened yet is the invention of YouTube, which came in handy yesterday sure as did. we fired up the 2001 Oscars ceremony on YouTube. Um, some chap, thank. You know, Chap? The, I don't know. What do you How think? much older are you, you than me? Your username? Chappy? I am Chappy. 
Anyway, they... Oh, some chap uploaded the episode. They uploaded the entire thing, um, and we watched uh, almost all of it, frankly. Yeah. It was like a two and a half hour YouTube clip. Yep. And we watched the 2001 Oscars to see what stood out and to prepare for our uh, lively debates that we're going to have here. Yeah. A lot of work went into this. I also, I, I did a little bit of a deep dive. I mean, I watched, God, I don't know, eight or nine movies from 2000, uh, many that I'd seen before, uh, a few that I'd watched for the first time just to kind of prepare for this and get my footing. Yeah. I watched a couple movies that I had, I had never seen before Yeah, uh, that were very high on some uh, best of 2000 sort of lists. Sure. Uh, so I knocked out a few of those that I'd seen, but there are still some that I have not uh, gotten around to. The uh, the Pollock biopic <laughs> for one. Listen, I, I I'm prepared to talk I just, about. I I'm prepared to talk about Pollock for. I, just get I don't know, 45 minutes. Uh, Steve Martin hosted for yeah. the first time. He hosted hosted the 2001 Oscars first time. Uh, what did we say? There were 43 million viewers, I believe. Crazy. Uh, for comparison's sake. This past year's Oscars was around 10, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, of course, there's, there's a million reasons. A million reasons to let you go. A, mil- um, a million reasons why this year's telecast was so poorly rated. Of course, we're living... Is that pink? That song? What the hell did you just say to me? What song is that? It's Academy Award winner... Lady Gaga. Oh, right, right. Is that pink? Okay, settle down. Pink wishes. <laughs> you know pink wish. You know pink thought she was going to be Lady Gaga. Isn't it funny that pink's just, her whole thing is just a color. Do you think she regrets that? No, I think it's pink. I think it's gone well for her. It has. I mean, she's very successful, but it's, it's half of her thing. The other half of the thing is like swinging. Woo! Around, here we go. Swinging Ooh, around. Um... Yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, guess what, Pink? That was fun. Like the first couple of times. <laughs> We're bored. Uh, gotta love Pink. So 2001, the Oscars were, as we've mentioned, riveting. Uh, you mentioned. What did you mention? What was I about to say? Well, I'll talk about the ratings. I mean, oh, the you re- mentioned uh, it was 20 years ago. Right. Um. So that was one reason why we were diving into this. The other reason that, that came up to make, make sense to throw it back to this year for us was uh, this year's Oscars, as we mentioned, the uh, low-rated Oscars, kind of disastrous on, on all accounts, were produced by, produced by Steven Soderbergh, who, fantastic director. So fantastic, in fact, that back in 2001, he was double-nominated for Best Director. And so with that connection to, to 20 years ago, it made sense for us to revisit. And here we are, revisiting. Now you know I love stats, right? So, oh, you got some. You have some. I have some numbers. I'm gonna throw at you. Hit me with it. This one, I, I won't quiz you on. I'll just. So Steven Soderbergh uh, became the third director in history to be nominated twice in the same category for best director. He became the first to. I think if I know any of the others. Uh, let me tell you right now, you don't. Should have been Spielberg in '93 for Schindler's List and Jurassic Park, but yeah, it's never JP didn't get the nod. It's never ha- well, yeah. Well. Uh, well, it's you know shots fired at Jurassic Park over here. Yeah, it's, did you listen to this podcast? Have we talked about it on this already? Yeah, it's a mediocre movie. Uh, one of the all-time bad takes. Uh, so Soderbergh did it in 2001. Uh, it did not happen since 1938. Oh, when, wow, really? When Michael Curtis was nominated for Angels with Dirty Faces. Love that movie. And 
and four daughters. And then it happened in 1929 when Clarence Brown was nominated for Romance and Anna Christie. And it has not happened since. And I think the oh, reason... Rom- romance is the name of one of Romance, yeah. Uh, I mean, it hasn't happened since, which, which isn't surprising. I mean, Soderbergh's output, I mean, even back then, he makes like 12 movies a day. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I can't even think off the top of my head when it would have even been applicable. Every once in a while you get, you get like a, this movie was released in like February or March and now I have an Oscar contender in, coming out in, in December or something sure. like that. That's not too crazy, but yeah. So he, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you it's here. It's pretty rare to even have a director do more than one movie. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, year. right. Every uh, once in a while I get one, but to have so, them both nominated for a director is insane. Crazy. And, uh, yeah, and to win one of – and I believe he became – and I don't think either of those – I think those first two lost both. So I think – They're so also to, both nominated for Best Picture, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, quiz time for you. How many times has an actor or Ooh. actress – but I call them actors. Okay? We call them actors. Actize? No. How many times has an actor been nominated twice in the same year? Um – now, can are we talking in the same category, or can it be like one lead, one spoiler? I will give you a spoiler. Nobody has ever been double nominated in the same category in Academy Awards history. Wait, what? Really? It never happened. Wow. Uh, I will guess uh, because I've, we've definitely talked about this before, and I think I've actually looked up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say seven times total. The answer is twelve. Shit. Coincidentally, though, seven of the 12 times an actor won one of the two. Okay. So five times somebody went home empty-handed twice, which happened uh, a couple years ago with Scarlett Johansson. She was the most recent to do it for JoJo and Marriage Story. She lost both of those. Uh, In 1993, Holly Hunter and Emma Thompson were both nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Wow. Um, And how about this? In 1945, were you alive? Yes. Barry Fitzgerald. Barry. He listens, friend of the pod. Was uh, inexplicably nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for the same movie. What? Fitzy. A movie called Going My Way. Oh. He, he won. I be- know that movie. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Uh, he won Best Supporting Actor. While also nominated for Best Actor. Best Actor. Was he playing the, multiple characters? No. Uh, best Actor went to his co-star, Bing Crosby, who was also yeah. nominated oh, for I've Actor. Seen this movie. No one's ever seen it. Um, Going my way? I think that's what they say. Yeah, that's all he ever said back then. Hey! Hey, Lassie! You're going my way! Barry Fitzgerald was born in 1888. Nobody was born that late ago. <laughs> That late ago, wow! Nobody's born that late ago. Uh, that I, I, I'm I'm enjoying the the double nom stats. Well, that's all I got. Okay, well here I've got some stats for you. How about the Ooh. box office from the year 2000? Oh, I have that down too. We're gonna uh, hit that before we dive into the into the Oscars here. Uh, the the top ten I will rattle off from ten to one here in okay. ascending order. Number ten, what lies beneath? Great movie. Top 10 at the box office. Incredible. Love it. On uh, number nine, Scary Movie. The first in the Scary Movie franchise. And I will say this. 
great movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Scary movie. Well, scary movie's excellent. It's hilarious. It's so funny. It's, yes, agreed. If scary movie came out today, I mean, it couldn't. Although, does one come out every year? Are we on the scary movie eight? I don't know. Don't know. I know they did at least four. Three or four? Who knows? You, I mean, I'm sure there's a, like, I'm sure a scary movie came out on TikTok. Yeah. Starring Addison Ray and John Kleinman. Is John Kleinman a real person? Don't know. Is Addison Ray? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You got that one. Uh, is, she the, is she the dance one? Yeah. Is TikTok all about dance? No. But it's that's a big uh, that's a big part of it. I'm a 36 year old TikTok expert <laughs> over here. On uh, number eight, X Men, the first in the cool in the X Men movies. Uh, number seven, Meet the Parents. Great, big time studio comedy. Number six, The Perfect Storm. Love it from my my home state of Massachusetts. Oh my god, how many times? George Clooney. Do you think Bill Belichick saw it in theaters? Hanging out at the Crow's Nest, I think the bear is called. The bar is the called. Bear? Yeah, Bill I think the bear is called. Belichick definitely saw this in theaters. No, 100%. Number five, What Women Want. Ugh. Mel Gibson, baby. Boy, oh Big boy. year for him. We'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Number four, your best picture winner, Gladiator. Gladiator! <laughs> Number three, my boy, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Mission Impossible 2. Number two. No comment. Castaway. Castaway being that high is the absolutely unbelievable. We'll get wild. to number one. Number one, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I don't mean to be like a downer about the state of movies or the state of box office, but how fun is it to go through a top ten where it's like weird movies like that? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like we have X-Men in there, but like. I mean, we have a couple franchises that, you know, X-Men, Mission Impossible 2, sure, but like. Castaway at number two. Meet the parents in the top ten. What lies beneath? Unbelievable. It's like in these original Did comedies. You see what lies beneath? Well, I said about thirty seconds ago. It's a great movie. Is that so. the one with Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah, great movie. She's in the bathtub. Yeah, there's water involved. People, people loved water back in two thousand. People loved water. Yeah, I mean, Castaway. Perfect, perfect storm. Big people. year. People. It was a big year for water. Big year. Big year for water. water. Wow, what a what a eclectic group of movies to be the top ten at the box office. It is. I, I don't know. It's just it's it used to be more it, fun. Think about how much harder our box office draft would have been. Going, like, oh, can going you into the year where like where, where should I draft Castaway? Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? It'd be great. We used to. I I guess it used to be about movie stars, right? Rather than properties. I guess. So I mean, you look yeah, at so it's Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey, it's Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Clooney. Ford. Yeah. yeah. Anna Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> Stiller. Mel, Mel Gibson at number five. Oh my god. Russell Crowe was a star at, at the time. Russell I mean, Gladiator being in the top sure. five is kinda wild. And Gladiator was a hit before the Oscars too. Right. Like that was big yeah, yeah. from the outset. Huge. So that was that was the year at the box office. Yeah, so that's where we are. That that sets the scene a little bit for the year two thousand and uh, and where we are. Should we get into we get the right... ceremony itself? Yes. Oh boy, I have some thoughts about the ceremony. Well, about the ceremony itself. I mean, we did watch it last night, and 
you know, within the first five minutes, Steve Martin, who I do love. I mean, I think Steve Martin's <laughs> a genius, and I love Steve Martin. He was great, by the way. Uh, but Steve Martin, in the first five minutes of the ceremony, makes a joke about the Middle East. I think references the, Afghanistan, the, particularly months before 9-11. It's crazy. Which, it's, like, it's his very first joke is a joke about, about Afghanistan. Crazy. Because there was, like, a huge you, Oscar statue wait, on stage, and he was talking about it being toppled over. Wait a second. What? Did 9-11 happen because of the Oscars? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I hope so. Do you think... Interesting. Do you think Osama Maybe bin Osama Laden bin Laden was La- watching the Oscars? Do you think Osama bin Laden saw Chocolat? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely his favorite. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Big fan of chocolate. Uh, anyway, and then Steve Martin inexplicably makes a joke where he says something along the lines of like, Hey... 800 million people are watching this show tonight, and every single one of them thinks we're gay. It was it was a strange joke. Are we maybe we're missing some there sort must, of cultural context for that? That was what was so interesting about the opening itself, is because there's four or five jokes that are clearly like, oh my god, I have no idea what he's talking of about. Of the moment, weekend update type jokes, right? It'd where be like making an Addison Ray TikTok. <laughs> In, in 2021 and then someone trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about in 2041 <laughs> oh man what else stood out from the uh, the ceremony well I think I, I think the big thing is you know it, it's a long show I didn't think it was particularly that entertaining there's so much fat that you could cut from it I don't mean Chow Yun and <laughs> and Full disclosure, we we cut the fat ourselves as we were watching it, <laughs> skipping past you know, yeah, the some of the and that's I don't know, I, I, the I guess Academy president is here. It's like all right, we'll unbelievable, kill the shorts, but th- that's a separate discussion uh, about just sort of how to improve the telecast. But uh, because ultimately, I didn't think it was that entertaining of a show. The, you know, they do all five musical performances, none of Sting. them Sting, Sting, Bjork. Bjork. Randy Newman, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan wins. What are we missing? Only Bob Dylan's not we even there in person. Uh, it's a Crouching Tiger song. Oh right, that was kind of an interesting performance. It was cool, yeah. But you know, ultimately the ceremony's so long. I mean, they do these honorary Oscars, but in spite of all of this, it the show feels important. The yes. show feels big. That was definitely the takeaway. It feels like people are watching. It feels it momentous. This, this particular year, there there were big stars and big movies too. And Steve Martin, you know, helps kind of add to that. Yeah, it just it made me long for the days of watching something that felt like it mattered, which the Oscars increasingly so. And I don't even mean last year. I, I'm willing to sort of set that aside because it's you know, for however much I hated that telecast whatever it's a pandemic it sucked it's difficult to do it's not going to feel big when there isn't an audience whatever right but even leading up to that the telecast is is missing something has been missing something for me and it it was a pleasure to kind of like it just felt like a love letter to movies in a way that it doesn't always feel and i don't know it was fun to go back and just be back in that moment of of movie stars they did you know, one of one of those things that we we kind of complained that they didn't do this year, or or and maybe have phased out a little bit in past years, is just simple things like the costume design awards. As they're reading the nominees, is a little pre-produced package it's showing not like, hard the transition from the initial sketches to how they looked in the movie. It's, it's like, not this hard. Is, 
just a cool little visual aid. Well, we were saying, you know, Soderbergh is sitting in the audience. Right, saying, we're making a lot of jokes as we're watching this. Like, like Soderbergh must be bored out of his mind. That's why. That's why he cut. If this. I ever produce this show right. in twenty years, <laughs> this is boring as hell. We didn't actually watch his speech. That was that was. Uh, oh, that's right. They cut that from the YouTube. Out from the YouTube because I mean, thank God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I think we get into it because we uh, let's start with. Well, yeah, where, do, where do you want to jump to? Uh, well, since we're on the topic, I think maybe we start with best director, which is interesting. We're talking about Soderbergh. Wow, you already, you know, as someone who wants a very specific order at the Oscars, here he is. He's <laughs> kicking us off with best director. Oh, unbelievable! Sorry. Oh God, give me a break! Oh my God, unbelievable! So Soderbergh is nominated twice. He's nominated for Aaron. Right, here, here are the nominees. Okay, let's just take over. I was talking. Steven Soderbergh, Aaron Brockovich, Steven Soderbergh. Traffic, Stephen Daltrey, Billy Elliot. Big year for Stevens. Ang Lee, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Ridley Scott, Gladiator. Gladiator? Not only is he nominated twice, I really like both of these movies. Yeah. It, it's such an impressive feat that he's They're able... They're so wildly different. They really are. Although this they both... like... Yeah. It's not like two Wes Anderson movies in the same sure. Like yeah, a, sure. The stylistic difference between these two are yeah, sure. So, so he wins here. He wins for he wins for Traffic. Traffic and Aaron Brockovich are also both Best Picture nominees, which is just crazy. Yes, well, four of the five uh, director nominees were nominated for Picture. The only one that is not was Billy Elliot. Yeah, and that was swapped for Chocolat, a movie I watched for the first time. It's called Chocolate. It's called Chocolat. And I will be saying it like that from now on. I, I'm really upset you aren't on Chocolat, uh, Look, on the Chocolat train I've here. I've never seen Chocolat. I'm never going to see Chocolat. Chocolat is a movie that can only be described as a chaotic mess that <laughs> is somehow enjoyable. And, and we'll get to how it got nominated in this sea of 2,000 movies, uh, how it managed to be one of the five. And also, it goes without saying, the Oscars seem to go back to five nominees for Best Picture. Oh, my God, yes. Incredible. It just, doesn't it make the whole night feel better? Yeah. It just does. Just yeah. knowing that there's five. Yes. They they were able to do a little montage about each movie. Yeah. It's... We're going... We're fully expanding to ten now. Terrible. It's terrible. Anyway. So, so Soderbergh wins for director. For so, what jumped for out traffic. to you... Um, did, did anything jump out to you as as this director was snubbed? It's weird to me that Gladiator wins Best Picture and Ridley Scott sort of also doesn't coattail and win that. Because it does feel like if Gladiator the type of movie that if it's gonna win picture, yeah, I mean Gladiator to me feels like such a director's sort of movie, and we'll get to we'll, we'll get to Gladiator winning Best Picture, which I think in retrospect is odd. To be the biggest name that isn't here is probably Cameron Crowe. Yes. Right? I yeah. mean, sort of looking back, you know, 20 years where we are now, Cameron Crowe would probably be the one who would maybe supplant Daldry in that um, lineup. I agree. I mean, almost And I'm not I'm not speaking from personal bias. I'm just saying in general, I think Almost Famous is a movie that is uh just aged pretty well with audiences. For sure. You know, and the the only thing that that I think, um, 
makes a little bit of sense to to it doesn't feel like a director movie first agree like he he wins screenplay yeah um that makes sense i personally would have put him in my my five best directors because i love that movie um but it doesn't feel necessarily like it's the the direction is the kind of primary thing going on in that agree and i think in a nice way we'll we'll get to my thoughts on almost famous but i yeah it's yeah it's when you when you compare sort of the style of that to like requiem which is like i'm a director you know look what i can do it's you know but anyway yeah i think cameron crowe is the outlier there for me just from a like historical perspective the other one that i'm a little bit surprised isn't isn't in this category is robert zemeckis with castaway oh okay interesting and I, but I want to I want to hold that for the best picture conversation. Okay. But to me, that feels very much like an Oscar-y movie that yeah would would be awarded in a lot of or at least nominated in a lot of categories. Sure. But let's keep it moving. So yeah. so uh, Steven Soderbergh wins best director for Traffic, by the way, not for Aaron Brockovich. Um, does that feel right to you? Uh yeah, I support that. I mean, not to belabor it, I guess, but. The fact that he wins when he's nominated twice for two Best Picture nominees and beats the guy who directed the Best Picture winner... What a night. ...is really interesting. I mean, no... You can see... We talk about vote splitting a lot, which I think maybe we'll get into with the next category. But it's... I don't know. It's an impressive win, I guess. And I, it's justified. I mean, I think... Traffic is I think Traffic's a great movie. I think he directs the hell out of it. So I'm Traffic is fantastic. I'm on board. Rewatched it last night slash today. Yeah. It really it, it it holds up quite well. Um all right, let's move on to another category. Uh you teased a split vote category? Let's go best supporting actress. That's where I thought you might be going. Which uh I, I think was the most shocking and remains sort of one of the more surprising Oscar wins in history, certainly within the past twenty years, where Marsha Gay Harden wins for Pollock, a movie that I watched last night for the first time. Never seen it. Uh it's exactly what you think it is. Ed Harris is Jackson Pollock. <laughs> the thing so I real quick, in- let's run down the other nominees. Yeah, before, please. Uh, all, the nominees who did not win: Judy Dench for Chocolate, <laughs> Kate Hudson for Almost Famous, Frances McDormand for Almost Famous, and Julie Walters for Billy Elliot. <laughs> yeah. So here, yeah. So the big question is, how does Marcia Gay Harden win the Oscar? So going into this night. She's not nominated for the Golden Globe. She's not nominated for the SAG. She's not nominated for the BAFTA. These are our big precursors, of course. She's nominated for Pollock, a movie that, like, is pretty underseen. It's fine. It's ultimately, it's like, I have two, I literally, I wrote down some notes for a bunch of these movies that I watched, these 2,000 movies. I have two notes for Pollock. One, how did Marsha Gay Harden win the Oscar? I wrote that down as sort of just like a preamble to watch the movie with. Right. One other note that says, I hate artists. You hate artists. It's it's sort of a miserable movie to watch because you're watching a bunch of unhappy assholes the entire mm. time. So I went in thinking, well, how'd she do this? Does she have the scenes to sort of warrant 
A win? Yeah, I suppose so. There's some big like acting moments okay. in this, okay, right? Some big moments where she really gets to showcase herself. But going into this night, I think most people thought it was between Kate Hudson and Judy Dench. Right. Uh, Kate Hudson's sort of the, you know, the young ingenue that they love to reward in the movie that wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but wins screenplay and was pretty well liked. And then Judy Dench, this respected veteran in this Best Picture nominee. Did she eat a lot of chocolate in that movie? It's called Chocolat. Judy Dench. So Judy Dench and Chocolat. <laughs> but we get into this issue. So Francis McDormand, who's also nominated here for Almost Famous, uh... The only rationale that I can really give is that, like, Kate and Francis maybe split some votes from people who liked Almost Famous. Yeah. And Marsha Gay Harden sort of swooped in and won. That's That feels right. Um, well, having won—you've yeah, seen all these nominees. Who's, Unfortunately, who's I have. Of the five. Of those five, it's probably Francis McDormand. Interesting. Who, uh who yeah I, I i i would have to go back and watch billy elliot to be honest with you but i i think it's probably francis i kate is great okay he's a poet <laughs> um kate is my pick by the way of course yeah we knew that what does that mean we just knew it okay i mean you know you were a straight guy who likes almost famous i'm a gay guy <laughs> look that I, mean, I think that's the breakdown. If you're a straight guy who likes Almost Famous, you love Kate Hudson in it. Yeah, if they're... you're like a gay guy who doesn't really like Almost Famous, oh my god, okay, you're a Francis fan. Sure. We'll get into. Francis we... is great. She has great scenes. She's, she's and she does it all. I mean, what a what a phenomenal performance because she's on the phone for so much of it, right. and you just feel for her. She's phenomenal. Should we get into Almost Famous? I think we should do that now. This is really our only chance. No. Believe you me, it is not our only chance. Well, it's not nominated in any of the other categories we're going to be talking about. I know, about. but one of the things I want to do here is in this, for instance, oh, in this God. category. Okay, okay. So uh, We need a whole Almost Famous. I can't do it yet. I'm not ready. Okay, fine. Is, so, okay, we can, yeah. I think we do a swap out. So, Almost Famous will be one of your picture nominees. I have one that should have been nominated that wasn't, and we can debate at the end. Gotcha, okay. Okay. Um. Other movie or other performances in this category that jumped out is that I that I would have liked to have seen nominated. Sure. Uh, I just watched it for the first time this past weekend. Uh, the Virgin Suicides. Kirsten Dunst. Excellent. Queen. Icon. Legend. Would die for her. She's she's very good in this. Uh, this is Sofia Coppola's first, I believe, first movie. Um, well, and what a year. To have this and also bring it on in the same year. Oh, the diversity of her. The talent of her. She's the best. She's very good in, in The Virgin Suicide, which is an excellent movie. Um, Sorry. If if difficult to watch at times. I think you can piece together what happens a little bit uh, based on the title of the movie. But the uh, sort of my biggest swipe to here. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested that Catherine Zeta-Jones wasn't nominated for Traffic. For Traffic, yeah. I think she's great in Traffic. That's it's a, a movie call. they clearly liked. Um, she's great. My other one that I, I think should have been nominated in this character is... In uh, this character? In this category is Zhang, Zhang Zuyi <laughs> from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, she's great. She's. I thought uh, you were going to say Helen Hunt <laughs> from Castaway. Oh, I mean, Helen Hunt, that's actually a great point. She also should... I would have uh, bumped... Get Judy Dench out of here. 
Get Marsha Gay Harden <laughs> out of here. Judy Dench out of here. Get Julie Walters out of here. Okay, hold on. We're adding Zhang and we're adding uh, Helen Hunt. <laughs> God, Helen. Helen has an Oscar. That's more than enough. Helen Hunt in this movie. Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt has an Oscar scene in, in Castaway. Without, there can be no question. She's got an Oscar scene. No, she plays the volleyball. Correct? <laughs> yes. All right, so you're you're kind of uh, withholding one of your best supporting actress potential nominees because it'll reveal yeah. too much. So let's move on. Um, do we have any? Uh, we, let's speed through screenplay really quick. I don't I don't have any additions to these, but sure. Uh, original screenplay: Cameron Crowe wins for Almost Famous. Uh, Billy Elliot is nominated. Aaron Brockovich is nominated. Gladiator is nominated. You can count on me. Oh, here we go. We haven't mentioned yet is nominated. Uh, and as we said, Cameron Crowe wins for Almost Famous. I believe the only win, uh, the only Oscar win for that movie. Correct. Adapted screenplay, Traffic wins. Uh, other nominees, Chocolate, Crouching <laughs> Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Coen Brothers get nominated there. And Wonder Boys, another movie that, that got a handful Wonder of nominations Boys. that we haven't. <laughs> what is the secret of... Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Tenacious D? Wonderboy. Is that what that is? I just know it from Stephen Thompson. The secret of your power. Sure. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. UFC's Stephen Thompson, his walkout song. Yeah, that's Tenacious D song. Never knew that. Jack Black. Saw Tenacious. Big year for Jack Black. I met Tenacious D. No big deal. (sighs) He's Jack Black is great in High Fidelity, which came out in 2000. Sure. Well. Uh, screenplay, yeah. I mean, Almost Famous should not have won, obviously. Uh, uh, should have been Aaron Brockovich without much question. That's preposterous, but... Uh, but I'm fine. I mean, it's, you know, it is Almost what Famous it is. Almost Famous is like a slam dunk screenplay win. That's... Uh, debatable. One of the easiest picks of the night, I think. Well, Aaron Brockovich should have won, and then, uh, where are we? What is it? Was uh, it traffic Oh, Traffic, one. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Chocolate, Crouching Tiger, Old Brother, Wonder Boys. That's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Best Supporting Actor. Let's do it. And full disclosure, I think this is my favorite category mm. of these Oscars. Of these? of, of oh, Specifically no. this. Well, like, if I reworked it to, to who I think should sure. be nominated, this would be my favorite category. Sure. So, the actual uh, nominees were uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Gladiator, Albert Finney, Aaron Brockovich, Willem Dafoe, Shadow of the Vampire, which... If you don't know what Shadow of the Vampire is, and I had I had like heard the title before, but I didn't know what it was, just go. Please do me a favor and go watch the trailer. It's the funniest movie trailer. <laughs> Neither of us have seen it. Which Willem is... Dafoe is playing basically uh, Dracula for all intents and purposes, and just hilarious. Yeah, and uh, it seems that everyone was taking this movie seriously, and it has really good reviews, and everyone praises Willem Dafoe's performance, but it's very funny. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bridges for The Contender. Yeah. And the winner, Benicio Del Toro for oh. Traffic. Uh, good winner. Oh, Benicio's incredible. However, the... Other than Benicio... Oh, so... If I were to rework this category, Benicio would be in. Joaquin Phoenix would be in. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator, by the way. Just one of the all-time great bad guy characters. All-time? Oh, he's fantastic. Commodus. Oh, uh, you know their names? Oh. All, their, all their names are like, oh, here comes a guy. That's the Mox. 
Maximus Patronus. I've seen Gladiator Here comes this other guy. Many times. Oh, do you know this guy? This is Tiberinus Tatotatus. Am I not merciful? Okay. He's great. He's good. He's great. He's so good at it. He's great. It's just he, like he really cre- is. He's, he just exudes creepy. Yeah, I wonder how he guy. locked into that. Yeah. Huh. He really had to dig deep. Walking Phoenix, creepy. Uh, so here are my other um, nominees. Yeah, I think uh, Billy Crudup in Almost Famous. See, this is funny. It was weird to me dunk. that he didn't get more traction for that movie. That feels like my only. Uh, you know, we mentioned this with Catherine Zeta, but I wonder if maybe he was pushing for lead. I don't know. Like this feels like it should have been nominated. I can't imagine so. This is the best portrayal this is the best of, billy crudo's ever been and we've seen the morning this is the show. best portrayal of a rock star that's ever been oh done <laughs> this is the most it, let's pump those brakes oh, not even remotely slowing down here uh, in fact i'm stepping on the gas <laughs> billy crudo been almost famous <laughs> just like jackson pollock <laughs> he's jackson he's, pollock dies in a car crash so, sorry spoilers for pollock jackson pollock dies in a car crash sorry maybe? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But Billy Crudup as, what's his character's name? You just watched it. Russell Hammond. Oh, so good. He's just when you think the movie can't get any worse. Here comes Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon's delightful in it. He kill me now. Um, I've got another almost famous uh, actor that I think should have been in this category. Oh, Phil- don't, okay. Philip well, Seymour Hoffman. I have so many thoughts about this Philip Seymour Hoffman performance. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. This Philip Seymour Hoffman performance is delightful. Um, he only has... He's basically on the phone in every scene that he's in. Yeah, a lot of phone talking here. There is a lot of phone talking in this movie, huh? There are a lot of phones back then. William Miller just on the phone with his with his mom and and his mentor. But Philip Seymour Hoffman's great. Here's the thing about this Philip Seymour Hoffman performance, and I have said it before, God rest his soul. Uh, don't like him in this movie, and also he wears a Detroit Sucks shirt in the movie so he can, you know... Go f himself. I'm sorry to say that about a about a dead man, but it's just it's just the fact. It's just the facts. And this movie can go f itself. I'm don't, sorry to swear. I'm sorry to swear. Go, don't they like can go him f- in this movie. They is can your, go f is it. your takeaway from that unbelievable? You, he's no, he's so good. He delivers like six iconic lines. It's great. Name one. Hey, go. Hey, go. Write more. Yeah, exactly. Um, best and- best performance in the movie. Let's say it on three. One, two, three, Patrick Fijit. Sorry. Really? No. How do you... That's a... <laughs> among us almost famous fans, that's a... a it's kind of a divisive topic. Oh, about, I think he's... I think he's perfect. Okay. I do too. And But there are a lot of people who are like, he's just not very good. Oh, I think he's great. He, he is. Those, I'll, I'll, those people can give him my address. I'll fight them. Okay, great. No, I... I it's we'll get into it. It's I don't. It's fun to hate Almost Famous because I know that you like it so much. I don't hate Almost Famous, but I. But Philip Seymour Hoffman, pretty unremarkable to me. If I'm being honest, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a bad take, but okay. Uh, he's better in Along Came Polly. I know we're not going to disagree about he's great in Along Came Polly. By the way, the basketball scene, oh, gold, incredible. My last uh, of the five, along with uh, Billy Crudup, Billy, Benicio del Toro, Joaquin Phoenix, Philip Seymour Hoffman. My last nominee. Is can you guess? You said I'm gonna love it. Yeah, this would be one of yours too, I'm sure. 
Oh, it's my well, it's my number one. He should have won the Oscar. Oh my god, so good. Let's say it on three. One, two, three, Fred, Fred Willard. Willard. It's the best it's one of the best hit ratios in movie history. It's Fred Willard as the TV commentator in Best in Show. Fred Willard in Best in Show, there's never quite been a performance, at least for me, that has hit like every single I mean how long is he in the movie five minutes yeah maybe ten every single line of dialogue is it's unbelievable perfect it's I, I think remarkable. it's the highest laugh per line he is ratio anyone's ever had heaven I go back and watch that just watch his scenes from the movie all the time oh it's <laughs> I, I watched that movie probably four or five months ago. Yeah, me too. For the first time in its entirety in a while, you know, I'll catch it regularly yeah. when it's on TV. But it was almost I was. Also, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God rest his soul. Oh yeah, another one. Too soon. Well, he was old. Well, not that old. You can't say what's the cutoff for too soon. I'm not saying it's too soon to bring it up. I'm just saying he died too soon. No, no, I know that. Right, I know. How old was he? It's not too. If you're over seventy, it's not. Oh, too soon. Seventy. He was probably almost eighty. Yeah, no, I know. Seventy is way too young to just be like, oh, yeah, they're fine. Oh, are you kidding me? If a seventy-year-old dies, you're like, oh, gone too soon. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> My parents are in their seventies. If your parents died, it wouldn't be too soon. Oh, he was eighty-six. He was eighty-six. He's so much older. Than I thought. Oh, Fred Willard was eighty-six. Wow. It's That's not shocking. Oh. This 86-year-old man. This 86-year-old man gone too soon. Fred Willard absolutely should not have not only been nominated, should have won. I would have been very okay with Fred Willard winning. I, I really struggle actually picking who oh, who I would sorry. my imaginary category who I would so actually have winning. So this is what I was referencing earlier. So Benicio was lead at SAG. Oh really? And won. So he won lead actor at SAG. Interesting. And then I think at SAG, Albert Albert Finney won for Aaron Brockovich, I think. So they picked Benicio over Russell there in lead, which interesting. is interesting. Okay. So I wonder if Benicio had been lead at the Oscars, how that would have played out. Yeah. He probably Maybe Fred would have taken the spot. <laughs> on the, on the... Honestly, I know. God, oh. I wish. He's, he's just phenomenal. It's unbelievable. I, I watch you to get you like, yeah. I, I'm almost shocked by, like, the cast in that movie is obviously great. It's a great movie. Everyone is hilarious. It's But the amount perfect as I'm watching it that Fred is, is like, be, so far beyond <laughs> everyone else who's all throwing 100 miles an hour, but he's throwing, like, 110. It's, it's unreal. It's crazy. Oh, well, so I, I guess I can, I can reveal my support. supporting actress. Yeah. Parker Posey. Oh, okay. Is... I, w- I was looking over it trying to think of who maybe I would put in a supporting actress. I, I couldn't decide. Oh, it's – God, I want to watch Best in Show so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, Parker Pro, that, that's probably the right pick. She's remarkable. The stuff with the toy. I the just, to- yeah, Busy Bee. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara is, is great as well. But never yeah, heard, think, I've never heard of her. I think Parker Posey is probably the right call there. Uh, let's move on to Best Actor. Let's do it. So, the nominees, uh, Jeffrey Rush in Quills. Canceled. 
Ed Harris in Pollock. Should be canceled for this movie. Tom Hanks in Castaway. I made fire! Javier Bardem, Before Night Falls. The hottest thing I've ever seen. And Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Are you not enjoying this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is kind of a... I think it's... Well, I was going to say it's a stacked category, but... I don't know, but I will say after having, and I'm sorry to my queer allies, uh, my queer family, um, especially during Pride Month, for not having ever watched Before Night Falls. Okay. And I will be honest, I didn't know what Before Night Falls was even about. <laughs> oh, me neither. Until I watched it yesterday. The fact that Javier Bardem does not win this Oscar over Russell Crowe is insane here's my thing about gladiator i don't i don't hate gladiator we'll get into it at the end about <laughs> whatever but for russell crowe to win an oscar for gladiator when essentially he's just like oh i'm oh i'm wearing armor and oh we're gonna we're fighting now he's so good in gladiator he's fine he he does exactly what he's supposed to do he does exactly what he's supposed to do Javier Bardem in Before Night Falls. Oh my God, a perform. That's a performance. That's a performance. I've never seen it. I do love Javier Bardem. Um, and thank God he gets his Oscar in what? Where are we? Seven years. Seven years later. Yeah. Tom Hanks in Castaway. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't win this. It feels <sighs> this is you know I've mentioned it already, but this to me is such an Oscar movie. It's one is of, it one of the handful of biggest stars in the world just but why is it himself? an oscar movie oh i mean that's a story of of triumph oh over what how is this not an oscar movie it's tom hanks it's not well it's just it's stuck on an island it's ultimately trying just to kill not, himself it's not a, but ultimately a movie about survival it's ultimately like not a it's a it's fine it's ultimately i i guess the biggest hurdle here is that it's not that good i disagree it's fine. I, I, again, I think Castaway sort of does what it's supposed to do. Castaway and Gladiator sort of exist on the same plane for me, where they're like, okay, I Criti get it. But they're critically acclaimed, acclaimed movies that are both in the Castaway top... is not that critically acclaimed. They're both in the top four movies at the box office that of the entire true. year. Almost, in, in both cases, it's almost entirely due to their stars really knocking the lead performances out of the park. Castaway for sure. Gladiator... Gladiator is obviously kind of an epic, and you know it's yeah. it's action, it's it's historical drama, um, but it doesn't work unless Crow really nails that, and oh, and, he does. and some could argue. Um, my biggest snub here, and this is a movie we're going to talk about a good amount, I think, through the rest of the way here. Uh, Christian Bale in <laughs> American Psycho. Oh, this is actually who I would really, without question, have have chosen to win. Wow. The award. Wow. Uh, Christian Bale wow. as Patrick Bateman. Wow. Straight Bateman. white man loving American Psycho. You heard it here first, folks. Christian Bale. Oh, my God. Somebody somebody come save me. In American Psycho. I, I, I'm afraid. I feel, one of my I feel unsafe. most favorite movie performances. I think it's the funniest performance of the year, <laughs> non-Fred Willard edition. Uh, almost every line reading, I laugh out loud at. And it's obviously a physical performance. Yeah. it's That movie is 
hilarious. I love it. It's he should have won. He at least should have been I, nominated. Like, what 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 is what is more iconic? Twenty years later, uh, Jeffrey Rush in Quills <laughs> or Christian Bale in American Psycho? Yeah, American Psycho is. I I I think American Psycho is a fascinating watch, and it's a movie that certainly divides people and is very divisive in terms of how people interpret it. I I mean I I do agree with you. I think Christian Bale in it is like remarkably funny, and I think when people like American Psycho is a comedy. Yes, and I think people. And I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to disagree with anybody who says that they might find it sort of obnoxious and misogynistic. And I, I get that. But I, I think it's if you can look at it from the perspective of like we're making fun of this guy. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street. Right. I mean, that's a much. That's a much better movie, I think. But the the than American Psycho. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love them both personally. But. Um. But I think, like, the character of Patrick Bateman, it, 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 we've talked about this before. It's, like, it's this thing of, I don't like this person, so I don't like this movie. Right. The point of the movie is that you hate him. Yes, exactly. And some people struggle to, to either understand that or, I can, or get past I, I, it I can or sympathize enjoy with, a movie if you, if you dislike. Sure. And I can sympathize with that. Ultimately, I, I think Christian Bale does sort of – I can't imagine anybody else doing. He breaks up with Reese Witherspoon by saying she's not terribly important to him. And it's <laughs> just so good. Yeah, it's this interesting thing of are you able to watch something where you hate everybody? And I always have been. Oh, I love because, movies like that. And I think that that's when it, and sometimes it's not done well. I mean, sometimes you can watch something where you hate oh, everybody yeah, exactly, and it's not exactly. intentional. But when, like, when these things, when. When that la- that style of movie lands, I think you yeah. get just phenomenal stuff and some of the funniest performances. Like I said, with Wolf of Wall Street, it's like, yeah, you know, plenty of people probably watch that movie and are just like celebrating the good stuff instead of like right. understanding that how ruthless of a takedown this sure. is of this world and these people and yeah. Ah, but my my alternate yeah, who are your here, snubs? Uh, I'll just bring up one, I guess, because I I think it's. It's interesting. He's a guy that I typically struggle with, and I, I almost struggle with him in this movie as well. But I, I do think that Mark Ruffalo, and you can count okay. on me, is pretty great and as as good as he has ever been. It's this thing of like Mark Ruffalo for me. Every time I watch him, I feel like I'm watching somebody acting. Yes. And he does a lot of that in this. He's it's very it's a weird dynamic with him though because he's almost I almost always think he's good even though it's yeah almost well, always very actory. Totally, totally agree. And I think that this is the best example of this. I think he's great. He and Laura Linney have a scene at the end of the movie that makes me cry every time. I'm gonna say every time I've seen this movie. But let's say three times. I've never seen it. You if can you count like, on me. If you like this sort of thing, great. Sounds dull. You can count on me. Okay. You don't. That's because you. That's because you don't understand sympathy. That's because you don't understand what it means to love somebody. Count on me for what? I'm over here watching Gladiator. The thing is, the thing is, American Psycho. Yeah, exactly. Count on anyone. Oh, exactly. Don't get me started on almost fans. We'll get into that. (laughs) 
if you saw me get hit by a car, you'd keep going. That's not true. Yeah, it is. I'd laugh for <laughs> Yeah, you'd be driving. <laughs> Uh, Mark Ruffalo to me, I, I'm not, a, I, I'm not grieved that he's not nominated, but I do think it's him at his best. I watched the trailer for basically all the movies that I, that I, that got major nominations that I, I've never actually seen and didn't have a chance to watch. I watched all the trailers for them yesterday. Yeah. I watched like 10 trailers, including you can count on me. First of all, movie trailers in 2000. We've come a long way. Fascinating. The, the same voiceover guy did, did, does voiceover in every single one of these trailers. <laughs> and the trailer for You Can Count On Me, uh, I believe they quoted someone as calling Mark Ruffalo the next Brando. Oh, in, in God. the trailers. Well, he's great. He, that's what you feel like you're watching. And that's it's sort of the Aronofsky thing. Like, it's sort of the actor comparison to that. Like, Aronofsky feels like somebody told him he was, like, a revolutionary in film school. And he's just like thinks that he's a god right and like does it, in in requiem putting it you right 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 like i there's some aronofsky stuff that i really enjoy but I, i'm just talking about like requiem where it's like he's going for it you feel like you're watching a movie made by an asshole and then so, Ruff, ruffalo to me feels very he's like i don't know this but I, he feels very method he feels very of the craft and it's like oh, shut up the only Yes, I, I get that entirely. The Aronofsky thing, like, I remember, I literally remember when I saw that movie. This was, I've only seen it once. It was at least 18 years ago. Great. So you're, it's really fresh in your mind. But my, my takeaway, when the movie ended, I just went, wow, that was amazing. I never want to watch it again. Well, and I think that I, the first time I Here saw it. Here I am 20 it, years later, though, and I, I, I do want to watch it again just to see if you that don't. would still be the sentiment. The, the first time I watched it, I think I had that same reaction because I think it feels like a movie when you're just kind of getting into movies that feels like you're supposed to like it because it, it is undeniably different. It does a lot of interesting things. It's loud. There's a refrigerator that eats somebody. Like it's – it feels like it's trying to be something right. and you respond to that the music i think it tries to trick you into thinking that it's more important than it is okay that that makes sense but this is a good transition into best actress how so because ellen burstyn is oh okay incredible in that movie i, re I remember thinking that coming out of phenomenal it. And, and i watched a few clips from it to, to refresh my memory on the movie. So this is, she's amazing. I mean, she has, she has a couple scenes that are just like blow your socks off, but then it's like, this is one thing that I can't stand. And I, I'm sorry to anybody out there. I don't need to hear that Julia Roberts stole Ellen Burstyn's Oscar. Cause let me tell you something right what? now. Is that a thing? Oh, of course. These people out here, do you want to hear this on the street? People are still whispering. You walk along the street. Oh, Julia stole the Oscar from Ellen Burstyn. You hear people saying that. I think she did. Okay, I will start. Crying. Here are the nominees for Best Actress. Uh, we had Laura Linney in "You Can Count on Me." Bravo! You can count on me, or you can count on me. You can count on me. Oh, uh, Ellen Burstyn in "Requiem for a Dream." Juliette Binoche in "Chocolate." Chocolat. Joan Allen in "The Contender." Great. Uh, and then finally, the last. Uh, best actress Here nominee. we go, baby. The reason for the season. Uh, Julia Roberts. 
Julie Roberts. They're called Boobs Ed. Aaron Brockovich. We had that water Barton special from Hinkley for you folks. They're called Boobs Ed. And zeros, the number of times you're going to call it. Listen to me. Right now when I say this, Julia Roberts and Aaron Brockovich is one of the best movie performances in the history of cinema. Julia Roberts and Aaron Don't, Brockovich. I, no, play, I will start crying. Is a movie star performance. Absolutely. It's like the epitome of – it's almost the epitome of a movie star performance. Great point. Is it the best performance ever? Eh, you, you could debate. I said one of. Stand by it. She's, she's Stand by great. It. It's, it reminds me actually of Tom Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> that I'm I'm leaving. In in terms Tom of Tom Hanks. It's a movie wishes. star performance. Tom Hanks and Castaway is not a movie star performance. Oh, yes, it is. It's you only a movie star performance because they don't let a movie star do that movie. He gained weight. He lost weight. Oh, He's my by God. Himself, oh, you see Tom movie. Hanks? Oh, Tom Hanks has a beard. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool. What Tom Julia Hanks Roberts. I'm talking. Acting across from volleyball is more powerful oh my God. than anything Julia does in this movie. What Julia Roberts does in Aaron Brockovich is so transcendent. That it's almost hard to believe. It's almost hard to believe that somebody so beautiful could be so vulnerable and so good at something. It makes you mad, but it doesn't. If it was a man, it'd make me mad. But to see a woman so vibrant in her sexuality, in her talent, at the epitome of her craft, it's enough, it's enough to make you weep. It's one of the best performances in movie history. Nobody else could have done it. Nobody else could have done it. That's... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is it that? Woo! Or, I, you, I think you wildly overstated. Just watch it. Just watch it. I've seen Aaron Brockovich maybe fifty times. That's not true. It's maybe been fifteen, but I did own the DVD. Aaron Brockovich <sighs> is kind of a dull movie. <laughs> A dull movie. He's just you're just saying this because you know I'm about to come for almost famous. You want to talk about dull? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Led Zeppelin. Oh, Led Zeppelin. Okay, who cares? There's water problems in Hinkley. Okay, I don't care about Led Zeppelin. Oh, somebody from water deep, problems. Somebody from Deep Purple's by the pool. Who cares? Water We're dealing with real stuff. In Hinkley? where's Hinkley? Northern California. It's by Sacramento. Oh. How horrible. Hinkley. They're dying. They lied, Kyle. They lied. Who cares? Oh, my God. It's water. <laughs> You're fine. Why? Another movie about water. Do you put this together? This what the year's all they about. They loved water in 2000. To me, Julie Roberts is a movie star performance, but I don't – when I watch that movie, I'm not thinking of it in the way I am with, say, uh, the best Kate Blanchett performance or, or Daniel Day-Lewis in, you know, Phantom Thread, like – She's, it's a movie star performance. It's 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 George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven or something like that. The, oh my god! With, but the, that is that is unbelievable. Why? George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven? You're yeah, comparing. It's, it's a movie star performance. George Clooney's great. Everybody loves compare, him. To, com to compare what Julia Roberts does in Aaron Brockovich should George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven? That is so rude. It's apt. That's such. That is so. You. That's insane. I don't think anybody likes this movie as much as 
That's you like, not you true. like this movie more than Steven Soderbergh likes it. That's well. You, do you want to get into it? Let's get into it. Eric Brockovich is the best movie from the year two thousand. Oh my okay, God. number one with a bullet. That's that's terrible. An incredible movie from. Start it's not to even finish. the best movie by that director of the year. Well, that's traffic not, is no significantly better. Eric Brockovich is a moment in time. It's so electric. It's just remarkable. And I would argue it's one of the best best actress wins of all time. What? All time. Why? Have you been listening? <laughs> it's it's fine. If that was if someone not named Julia Roberts gave that same performance. They couldn't. They would be Would they be nominated? Eh, what are you talking about? No one that's you summed it up. You played yourself. Why do you think that nobody else? You don't think anyone else? This name one person. Name one person. I'll wait. Literally any great actress from that run can give you name one. Sandra Bullock could have given you just as good a performance. Absolutely as not. Robinson's nope. Movie. Absolutely not. Couldn't do it. Why? And I love Sandy. What is it about Julia in this in this movie that puts it over the top for you? Because I think it's great. And and it's mostly her hair. <laughs> she does have fantastic hair. She's doing movie star things. Well, I don't know what that means. How She's a movie star. Means? She is a movie star, of course. It, it's a, yeah, it's a great movie star performance. But that I, I don't mean to say that to like denigrate what she's doing. Like it's also like you see her and like takes your breath away. But then she like also does the thing, and you're like, wow, she can do it all. If you put yeah, if you put Sandra Bullock in that role, you're getting no eighty five percent of it. You're missing that top fifteen percent because it's Julie she Roberts. doesn't. She doesn't have the same thing. She just doesn't. And I love, like I said, love Sandy. Love Sandy. But Sandy is more of a blindside girl. She's more Blindside of a... is terrible. Okay. Well, again, exactly. If you put, who else Sandy's a blind this role? Sandy's a blindside girl. Who are the, who are the other biggest actresses of the past 30 Marcia years? Marcia Gay Harden. <laughs> could Marcia Gay Harden be Aaron Brockovich? No. Frances McDormand could have been Aaron Brockovich. That's, no, she couldn't. She Frances couldn't. McDormand she... looks more like the real life Aaron Brockovich than Julie Roberts does. She just, no, she doesn't have the she doesn't have the stuff. Is Frances McDormand a better actress than Julia Roberts? Yeah, it's actually an interesting question. Yes, probably. Could Julia Roberts have done Nomadland? No, mm, probably not. Could Frances have done Aaron Brockovich? No. Fair. Julia's perfect. No one else could have done it. I just don't think that part is true. Well, you're over for two. She's great, but name one. I already named two. He's looking up good actresses. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't think of any. Oh, Kate, well. Kate Blanchett would nail this role. Kate Blanchett could not be Aaron Brockovich. The only person who maybe could is Nicole Kidman, but she, oh, she wouldn't could absolutely do it. Or maybe, but even like Julianne Moore, as much as I love Julianne, she could hundred percent do it. It's not. It's not right. It's, it's not quite right. Julianne Moore would be ninety-four percent of the way there. Nicole Kidman would uh, be 100% Nicole is maybe the best alternate, especially then. Meryl Streep could be Aaron Brock. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why? Meryl Streep? Yeah, why not? To be Aaron Brock. Oh, so now you're doubting Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep can't be Aaron Brockovich. She's not sexy. Yes, she is. She's been sexy, like, I don't know, in some stuff. Like, Death Becomes Her, she's, like, sexy. But it's not the same thing. It's Nicole not Kidman the- is the best one i think where we, we've 
Nicole could Nicole could do it. It wouldn't be as good. Could Charlize have been Aaron Brockovich? Maybe, but it's not the same. It's just not could, the same. Could uh, eh, Angelina? No. Could Kate Winslet have been Aaron Brockovich? Oh my, Kate Winslet. Hey, can you get me a water? Can you get a water <laughs> down by the? Could the at the right age, not at the age that she was in in this at this year, but could the right age Reese Witherspoon be Aaron Brockovich? No, I think we it's get, close. My point is, I think not, we can get ninety percent of the way there with a lot of people. Now, obviously, Julia is special, and so she gives that extra. T- that's where the extra five to ten percent comes. But it's not this like impossible role that she's the only one in the world who could have done this. Okay, we haven't found one. I've, I've named like seven, and and you, yeah, they're not even there. Yes, they are. Nicole Maybe Kidman Addison Ray. <laughs> Addison Ray could definitely do it. She would dance her way through it. Now listen. It's Julie, called TikTok, Ed. It's called TikTok, Ed. <laughs> um, let's shall we? Shall we move on to the main event? Let's do it. I can't. I can't keep yelling about Julia. Uh, all right. Best. Oh wait, I'm picture. sorry. Well, we're gonna talk about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I have one note written down. Did you know that um, at Guy Fieri's first restaurant, there is an item on the menu called Crouching Chicken, Hidden Salad. <laughs> I don't know if that's terrible or great. It's but somewhere my... in the middle. Could Guy Fieri have been Aaron Brockovich? <laughs> Guy Fieri is closer to Aaron Brockovich than Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Outrageous. Moving on. Guy Fieri. He could play played Ed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best picture. The five nominees were Traffic, Aaron Ooh. Brockovich, Ooh, yes. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, wow. Chocolate, mm. and Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator wins the Oscar. What? What? Why don't you give me your thoughts on chocolate and how in the hell this movie All right. makes this list of five. So here's how Chocolat was nominated for Best Picture. Because I went into this, I was like, how the hell did this happen? In the wake of your almost famouses, in the wake of your... Castaways. Castaways, your Oh Brother, Where Art Thou's, your... You know, the list goes on. How? So I, I, I watched Chocolat. So I, I go and I rent Chocolat and I put it on. I'm like, okay, let me settle in. Let's settle in for a night with Juliet and the gang. See how this got nominated. Julie B? Yeah. See how this got nominated for Best Picture. So I'm like, all right, let's figure this out. Turn it on. And within about 90 seconds, I have my answer. And that answer is executive produced by harvey weinstein you know i was just looking it up to see if it was a miramax movie i assumed it was and well i don't have to watch the rest of this if i don't want to i completely forgot about that yes this was kind of the absolute peak of his powers yes oscar it's shakespeare it's chocolat was shakespeare just the year before maybe two years before two years yeah i was in the bleachers for the year Shakespeare I was in, in the bleachers. Gwyneth Paltrow could have been Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow has never been to a desert. Gwyneth Paltrow has never... A desert? Does the movie take place in a desert? Yeah. I thought you said they're in California. It's a big state. It's Sacramento. It's fine. Sacramento's a desert. Sacramento's a city. It's in Hinkley. Hinkley. No one's heard of Hinkley. Who cares about the people of Hinkley, California? Okay, well, Mark Helgenberger. Watch, watch your die. What? Mark Helgenberger. Does she die in it? 
No, but she's in it. Oh. Her family gets very sick because of the water in Hinkley. They swim in the pool. The yeah, kids got a pool. She should have got her CSI team after it. I know, honestly. Kids uh, get out of the pool. Yeah, that's my favorite. Hey, kids, get out! Get out of there! So shakalaw. <laughs> All right. So Harvey Weinstein uh, yeah, obviously okay. pulled an Oscar campaign to get chocolate. Yeah, it makes sense once you. That's all you need to know. That's true. Honestly, three things written down about chocolat in my notes app. One, Harvey Weinstein. All it says. Note two: Johnny Depp is Irish. Johnny Depp in this movie plays an Irish pirate. Pirate. And then the third note: I don't like chocolate. The movie? No, the movie's called Chocolat. So the food. I don't like chocolate. So it was a little... I think a lot of people are like, ooh, ooh, she's making a bonbon? What is this? I don't... Chocolate, don't care about. Chocolat, as a movie, it's undeniably something. It's impossible to describe without seeing it. And I realized that talking about a movie that came out 20 years ago, I'm like, oh, we got to see this movie, Chocolat? But (laughs) it's about... It's about this woman who moves to this town and she makes chocolate and it's about religion and pirates and death and it's it's not that description makes it sound like the worst movie of all time. Yeah, it might be. She moves to this town, she makes chocolate, it's about religion, pirates. Great. Please kill me. Do you hear me say death? Pirates sounds good though. Anyway, did you hear me say death? Anyway, ultimately it's it's not the worst movie you've ever seen, but how it cracks the top five here is and, purely based on the powers of Harvey Weinstein at the time because it it doesn't. It has and as no we've talked place. about, kind of a loaded year. I mean, the other four nominees feel like Best Picture nominees. Um, Agree. And like I've mentioned multiple times already, I'm still blown away that Castaway isn't nominated. For I'm Best not Picture. at all. I don't get that. Have you seen Castaway? Yeah, I famously owned it on DVD. I actually, I think I, like, I think Wilson came out, like, the volleyball, like, the company came out with, like, Castaway branded volleyballs. Sure. With, like, I think, the, with, like, the palm And I print. think I got one. Never played volleyball in my life. <laughs> as much as I loved Castaway at the time. It's a good movie. It's a block, it's a blockbuster. It's not really, I mean, it is a blockbuster, but, like, it's not like there's a ton of action in Castaway. But it's literally Castaway here. If, if we're on talk, the beach talking, if to we're talking about like, potential best picture nominees here, Castaway is probably in the top ten. It's probably like nine or ten. You're talking about as, as you're as talking an about, alternate to Chocolat. Well, for, are you talking about from your perspective or like, no, 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 no. From my perspective, Castaway is not anywhere close. But like from from looking at this year and what. See, I, I mean, I disagree. I, to, to me, well, almost famous feels like a six. slam dunk. Almost famous has to be six, and yes. then Billy Elliot is probably seven. Billy Elliot's definitely up there. I mean, Castaway's not. You know, it's not like a shoe in alt. It I was nominated it was personally, but it was nominated for actor, and like that was it, right? Yeah, that, but I'm surprised by that. Well, okay, fair. I mean, Helen Hunt, what a <laughs> performance! <laughs> Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt really had a run. Twister, well, She's great in Twister. Also, like, it's fun. It, it's easy to forget that, like, when Helen Hunt won, she's the only one of us who's ever seen an F five. When Helen Hunt won her Oscar, what did she win for? Is as good as, as, it, good gets. as it gets. She won that Oscar in the midst of also winning the Emmy every year from Mad About You. <laughs> right, right. So she wins the Oscar, and she's also like on this 
sitcom that's being watched by 40 million people every week and like winning every Emmy every year. Like Helen Hunt was very famous. Helen Hunt could have been Eric, Eric Brockovich. Honestly, that's <laughs> not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't re- I haven't revealed this yet on the podcast. You've alluded to it a few times, but Almost Famous is probably my favorite movie ever made. This is such an unbelievable stance. Oh, says the guy who thinks Aaron Brockovich is the best movie of the year. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Taste. They're called Boobs, Ed. <laughs> it's called Taste, Kyle. Uh, Almost Famous is just my favorite movie. It's n- it's not the best movie ever made. But it's probably my favorite. Um, the it just just hits you all in with all the feels, you know. Like the the music hits- is great. You're in the you're you're thrown into this world that's meticulously created. Uh, as we mentioned, Russell Hammond, Billy Crudup, his character, the all time great rock movie character. Oh, Kate Hudson, phenomenal. All the scenes of the Zoe Deschanel and. With the, with his family, Francis McDormand, that whole family dynamic, great. It's about young love. It's about music. It's about passion. It's just, and it has. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Without question, the best soundtrack. Okay, this leads me in into... movie history, like easily, and that's kind of what the movie's about. So it should have Isn't a great that soundtrack. Ex- that's exactly right. What is? Two points to raise here. One, the biggest thing about Almost Famous that I don't know that we've reconciled quite enough as a country is the fact that Zoe Deschanel is dating a property brother. <laughs> Have we talked about that enough? Where are we with that? What's your What's your issue with that? I think Which she property bro. There's only one. I I think there's only one. Are they? I think they shape shift. Are they brothers? You, Jonathan, Jonathan, and Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. That makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable. I have to be honest. It makes me really, really uncomfortable that Zoe Deschanel is just like currently in a house where someone's like hammering something. That feels wrong. <laughs> where should she? And wearing be? a jacket. Who's wearing a jacket? The bro- the property brother. Okay. The Property Brothers are always wearing jackets and hammering. Is that a thing? I don't I don't watch Property Brothers. Well, it's in the name. Jacket? <laughs> no, a Property Brother is always like looking for like something to do. So what's the issue here? It I don't who is she? This is your biggest issue with all the The whole famous? thing with the, I mean Zoe Deschanel's thing, yeah. Zoe Deschanel's whole thing for so long was like, "Ooh, I don't know." And now she's with a guy who's like Give me the hammer, babe. Could Zoe Deschanel have been Aaron Brockovich? That <laughs> that is one of the worst questions I've ever been asked. That's pretty good. And here's okay. I think she could pull it off. No, think. <laughs> I don't. Are you looking <laughs> me, my boobs, Ed? <laughs> are you looking at my boobs, Ed? I hate her. Do you? No. Um, here's your second point about Almost Famous. Yeah, the soundtrack. The first great. one you really nailed. Almost Famous. Right, here we go. You're not a music video. You're a movie. 
Okay. We fall into this trap. It happens with all these sort of musical biopics, whatever. Not that this is a biopic, but singing Tiny Dancer in a five-minute scene, that doesn't make it a good movie. It makes Tiny Dancer a good song. And every scene is just like, oh, we're going to play this song that you love from the 70s as people, like, dance. That doesn't make a good movie. That's a music video. It's a music video, not a movie. Almost Famous is a sequence of music videos in a row. And then there's some good acting from Francis McDormand. It's it's a movie. It's supposed to be a movie. It's not a music video. And also, here's this, the big by, thing. by the way, this movie won Best Screenplay at the Oscars. So the idea that it's just a music video is preposterous. Obviously, What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, because the Os- Gladiator won Best Picture. And Gladiator's a great movie. What's your point? Almost Famous. I don't hate Almost Famous. It's fun to hate Almost Famous because you love it so much. I think it's – ultimately, I, I think it's good. The Tiny Dancer scene is really the only one that that goes all the way there in that sense to me. Oh, But it's also, a great scene. here's the thing. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to bring it to this level. But it's like it just really rubs me the wrong way too when it's this movie about like, yeah, rock and roll, man. You heard Zeppelin, man. And it's all this, it's a movie full of white people. Not acknowledging where rock and roll comes from at all. It's all these like hot white people being like, yeah, we fuck. Oh, yeah. Don't you love the guitar, man? You listen to the sound, man. It's all these white people. Every, yeah, there's, white people, no, but white people don't like rock and roll. There's, a, right. there's 800 people in the movie, they're all white. And then they show like they're like, oh, you know what happened? They're like, oh my god, okay, should he have like a Jimi Hendrix poster or something? And then they show like a Jimi Hendrix poster. It's all these white people like, oh, yeah, get it in the bones, man. It sucks. <laughs> this is the weirdest take I think no, I've ever not. heard about a movie. What are you talking about? It's all it sucks. It's okay. It accomplishes what it's trying to do, I suppose. But ultimately, it just doesn't really... I don't feel much attached. The only person I feel attachment for is honestly Patrick Fiji's character, who I guess so is the, the, main, the character. main character. who but you're supposed to, me, to feel the attachment to this the whole, whole thing. What are you talking like, about? Oh, ring, ring, ring. Oh, hello? Hey, this is Rolling Stone. Oh, hi. Uh, Yeah, we saw that you wrote two articles. Um, Would you like to get paid a million dollars to go on the road and write a cover story for us? Sure. What? So, you know that oh, this it's based is on what story. happened. This, Cameron Crowe wrote this movie about what he, oh, he my. went on tour with the Allman Brothers. Is this not the point? What do you mean? It's a movie about privilege. This is... Almost Famous is a movie about privilege. It's just like... It just is. Privilege. Yeah. What a loser. This is a loser take. It's a movie about privilege. Ah, well, whatever. So is Aaron Brockovich. Uh, so Almost Famous is my favorite movie of the year. I would have given that best picture. It's one of your favorite... It's your favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I think that's Almost fair. Famous. That's correct. I stand by it. Uh, like I said, I, I don't necessarily think it's the greatest movie, but it's, it's my favorite movie. Well, here's the thing that I think has... For, for someone like me who loves the movie... Those... Oh, I like you. What? Someone like you? Adele? Who's that? Is that Pink? She's the comedian from SNL. Did Pink sing that? <laughs> no, Pink was like, we're flying 
And I'm a mom now. To me, the songs used in Almost Famous, even though they were universally famous songs before then, they've all, because the movie is so good, they have all taken me, you know, when I hear that song, you know, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, for instance, Elton John, when I hear that song, I'm brought back to Almost Famous. That's your problem. No. That's your problem. No, it's not. It's the solution. It's like American Idol. Like, you used Almost Famous like I used American Idol. That's really what it comes down to. Like, American Idol, the first few seasons of it, introduced me to a lot of, like, classic music. Because they sing them on the show. You're misunderstanding. I knew all the songs already. But, because the movie is so good... It's not. I now equate the songs to the movie. Uh, Thoughts on Gladiator winning? Where, or, let's do this, actually. Where where do you think this lands in the kind of best picture winner? Uh, From the past, like, 20 years? Yeah, are we, 20, Strictly speaking, uh, it's near the bottom. I'm surprised by that. Oh, I guess I'm not surprised by that, but I disagree with that. I think Gladiator exists for me on a level of, like, I, I, I can enjoy watching it as kind of this big, bombastic thing. And I think it succeeds in that. But... As a Best Picture winner, it just doesn't quite sit right with me. And I think going back and watching a lot of these, like Gladiator feels of the time, certainly. Like a lot of it feels dated and old. Like a lot of the, there's like a lot of slow-mo and like a lot of it looks bad. Like the final, when he's like, all the like sort of like flashbacks or like, like of his family, it like just looks terrible oh i like those okay with like the horses charging down the alley and like knocking into his son yeah it's it's terrible so what you know when you talk about like i mean glad this is gladiator is the movie that basically created the hands going through the wheat motif (laughs) yeah has shown up approximately 700 movies since it came out ultimately i don't have that I, i think gladiator i think it's okay i don't have that much bad to say about it necessarily but I guess I do because it's a Best Picture winner. Right. So it sort of has that going against it. If it sort of existed just as like even a nominee or whatever, like, yeah, yeah, Gladiator's fine. I get if people like it. It's maybe not really my thing, but I get it. But as a Best Picture winner, especially going back and watching some of these again, to me, it like really pales in comparison to a lot of the movies from that year. Maybe I think I, I watched it a lot of times in the kind of handful of years after it came out. I definitely owned it on DVD. Sure. Listened to the score a lot. Whoosh. What's that? That's the score. It's a great... In fact, the second this podcast ends, I'm putting on the last 15 minutes. I'm going to make you watch it. Please, please take me. Please, God. Please, <laughs> Lady God, take me now. All right, that is our breakdown of Best Picture. Yeah. I do want to hit on a couple more things before we go. Please. No love for Denzel at this this Oscars. Remember the Titans was a big oh, hit. Oh, Remember the Titans. Every, I feel like everyone loved Amer- Remember the Titans. Maybe I'm... They did. Am I misremembering this? I think that... May, I, I think Denzel that's... didn't get nominated. That feels like a performance that is like... You know, it's certainly not iconic because of all of Denzel's other performances, but like people have 
good feelings about Remember the Titans, right? I think maybe that just has a stigma. Like, is it like a Disney movie? I think that's what right? it was, yeah. Like, I think he just sort of had that going against it. I will say, though, I think, you know, as I'm looking, so Denzel wins Best Actor for Training Day the next year. Mm, yeah. I think Remember the Titans helps in that, in that he's, Interesting. he's this, like, wholesome Disney main character the year sure. before. And then all of a sudden the next year he's – He's, you know, the bad guy in Training Day. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's a little bit of... I can see that. You know, obviously, Denzel is good, phenomenal in Training Day regardless. Yeah. Uh, but I think that helped. Uh, we, we talked about it being a good year for comedies. Yeah. Best in Show, we mentioned. Ugh, Meet rough, the Parents rough. is a great studio comedy. Bring It On, great cheerleading comedy. <laughs> I honestly would have been... I think Kirsten Dunst Oh, 100%. Deserved. A best actress. Kirsten should be nominated every year. She's so even if good she wasn't in any, even if she wasn't in anything. Nominator. That that movie only works because she's. It's it's putting like, out an A plus performance. It's like Alicia Silverstone in Clueless. Like yeah. it's Clueless works because Alicia Silverstone is absolutely perfect. Yes, Clueless yeah. is better than Bring It On. Certainly, I um, agree with that. But you're right about it. It, it works because of the lead performance just knocking it out of the park. Yeah. I think the rest of Clueless is better than the rest of Bring It On. But Bring It okay. On is great. Fair enough. Kirsten Dunst. Could have been Aaron Brockovich. No. No. Yeah. No. And I love her. Not at, not in 2000, but like no, of course. 2000 dun- 2010. 2000 Dunst? 2010, 2015 Kirsten Dunst. Could have been Aaron Brockovich. No. No problem. Nope. No problem whatsoever. Nope. Love you. Love you, girl. What are your other uh, What other comedies jumped out at you? A movie that I watched a lot because I had it on DVD. Uh, we referenced her earlier. She couldn't be Aaron Brockovich, but she could be whatever the lead was in Miss Congeniality. Oh. Yes. Sandy Bullock in Miss Congeniality. That's a great movie. Miss Congeniality fires on all cylinders. Yeah, that's like the the kind of uh, yin to meet the parents is studio comedy yang. Sure. You like that? Yeah. Gracie Hart. Oh, that's her name? That's her name. Could Julia Roberts have been Gracie Hart? 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think Sandy's better because at the end of the day, Sandy's a little more wholesome. And I don't... More I, wholesome. I can't quite explain why. She's a little bit more girl next door. Julia had that for a while. I think maybe lost it somewhere along the way. Okay. Like Julia's def like Steel Magnolia's Julia is girl next door. Gotcha. But Sandy's always been able to hold on to that for some reason. I don't really know why. What women want? No. It was a big year for Mel Gibson. No. What no, women want? You. The Patriot and Chicken Run. Gobble, gobble. Wait, that's turkey. What's <laughs> chicken make? Cluck, cluck. Cluck, cluck, of course. You can forget. Um, I want to run through a really brief list here of best scenes or my, oh, fav- my favorite scenes of the year. Okay. Now, obviously, a lot of these are in the movies we've already mentioned, but let me just run through them here. Uh, meet the parents, the airplane freakout that Ben Stiller has <laughs> when everything has gone wrong, and then – He's trying to fit his bag in, in the overhead and the classic stewardess. Those bags just, never fit in the overhead. They just never do. They never fit. And he he finally just snaps with the. No, I'm I'm sick of having the 
the this conversation and what, what I don't want to do is listen to you and anyway great scene <laughs> uh, there's a great scene in The Patriot where Mel Gibson I'm, just I'm tuning out for the next brutally murders someone with a tomahawk uh, well Mel Gibson and The Patriot my four <laughs> least favorite words shout out to Gone in 60 Seconds Want to know something? Uh, the Nick Cage, Angelina Jolie vehicle. Never seen it. Pun intended. Never seen it. Don't like movies about cars. There's a scene where... Can't they, wait to watch all fast movies. Where they're, they're, they're sitting in a car together, the two main characters. They're sitting in a car? They're supposed to be gone in 60 seconds. And they have a conversation about what's better, having sex or stealing cars. And Nick goes, Never done Nick either. Goes, How about <laughs> having sex while stealing cars? It's a great scene. Uh, a couple great scenes in American Psycho, the Paul Allen murder scene. Yeah. Hit, Only because he's square. murdering Jared Leto. That's, yeah. Also, I love God. the business card scene in American Psycho. That's a classic. I don't like that. It's annoying. Um, here's one that you probably haven't thought of in a long time. Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, okay. So this movie is... Me, Myself, and I, so we got in the end. This, this movie is wild and... Mostly bad, but also kind of <laughs> hilarious. But there's just a, there's one great scene where Jim Carrey and who's in it with him? Is it Renee Zellweger? Who's in Me Myself and Irene? Who's the titular Irene? I mean, the me and myself. The titular me, the this, titular myself. This movie would be yes, it is Renee Zellweger. The titular me, the titular myself. Jim Carrey has a broken nose. And he and Renee Zellweger are running away, and they go to, they try to catch a train, and Renee Zellweger catches up to the train, jumps on it, but Jim Carrey isn't fast enough to catch it, and so he immediately after her making it by like, just just barely, he immediately yells at her to jump off the train, and it's just it's just <laughs> comedic perfection. It's it's gold. Okay, look it up. I don't really have a favorite, almost famous scene. There's too many, frankly. Oh boy, just. I'm a golden god! Great scene. Literally any scene you name from Almost Famous is a great scene. Is there a scene in Almost Famous that isn't great? When Zoe Deschanel, when they're at the airport, hey, is that my brother? <laughs> the hell's he doing here? And finally, the tearjerker itself. The reunion scene in Castaway. Oh, God. Are they at a post office? No, they're at her house. Tom Hanks just shows up to her house. <laughs> What she's, a creep! She's been she's Call remarried. before. <laughs> she's remarried, but she comes down. How long is he gone? You're the love of my life. I don't know. Six years, she's three not, years, of two months. I don't remember. She's remarried. Wow, moved on fast. You're the love of my life. How it, long? I challenge you to watch that scene without crying. Must do it right after this. Can't be done. Just Wait. So how does he become a castaway again? Plane crash. Okay, so let's say that your beloved, <laughs> let's say your beloved is in a plane crash, presumed dead. Uh-huh. How long does it take you to move on until oh. you're like married or like propose or even like date and you don't even know that they're dead? You presume it's a tricky question. That's why that's why this movie's so good. <laughs> like, 
Do you feel bad that Helen Hunt has moved on and has a whole new life? No, I'm not. I'm not trying to shame her. I the mean, how here, long? By the way, four years. Four. But so four years. So that would. So they're married. So we don't, I mean, she could have gotten married two weeks after. It's like, thank God he's dead. <laughs> Wait for this guy to croak. Oh, what a scene. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I'm so happy they found each other again. Do you think she gets divorced? It's a great question. I mean. That's why I asked it. And, and like, if you're her new husband, are you like. Pick this guy? Are you looking? Does he shave his beard before yeah. he shows up? Yeah. So he's like. Yeah, so he's like sleepless, Tom. In Seattle? No. The sequel. Sleepless in Bismarck. Finally, let's end here. Who had the best year of 2000? The nominees are Steven Soderbergh, double nominated for Best Director and wins Best Director. Uh, We have Mel Gibson... For the Patriot, okay. Chicken Run, right. and What Women Want. Right, let's get him off the list. Uh, we have Kirsten Dunst for The Virgin Suicides and Bring It On. Great choice. We have uh, Frances McDormand. Love it. For Almost Famous and what else was she in? Wonder Boys. And finally, the last contender, we have Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> He's nominated because he was dating Julia Roberts <laughs> at the time. And he was in what was he in? He's in traffic. Oh right, he's in traffic. And he's in Miss Congeniality. Oh, when he comes cool. out of the pool in Miss Congeniality, <laughs> that's a big year. We're watching that too. Who's your choice? Because I have one. Um, I think I'm going with Mel Gibson. <laughs> gobble uh, gobble. I think it's who's your choice. My choice is a write-in vote, and the answer is Julia Roberts, the only person who could play Aaron Brockovich in one of the best movie performances of all time. Congratulations, Julia. Julia Hive, stand up. I'm we got with, this. I'm going with Cameron Crowe because he made my favorite movie ever. Yeah, I knew you were going to probably do something stupid like that. It's fine. You're, you're either an Aaron Brockovich person or you're an almost famous person. And that's, that's true. And that's okay. We can coexist. Can even host a podcast together. Doesn't mean I have to like you. You're either a tiny dancer <laughs> or uh, they're called boobs, Ed. That's right. Then you know me. I love boobs. <laughs> I love a little titty, baby. <laughs> I love boobies. Check back again next week. <laughs> Popcorn boys are out. Bye.